Hi, everyone, and welcome to Future of Health with Providence St. Joseph Health. I'm your host, Julie Alexandria, coming at you from the Dash Radio Studios here in Hollywood, California. And we're bringing you the very latest in healthcare trends and news each week. So today from Providence St. Joseph Health, we are joined by Don Hernandez-Price, Director, Maternal Newborn Services, as well as Mary Welch, Assistant Nurse Manager of the Neonatal Intensive Care Unit, and Sue Jacobson, Executive Director of the Women and Infants Institute at Mission Hospital in Orange County, California. And we'll be talking about birthing services. So remember, if you have any questions for any of our experts, please feel free to submit them via our Twitter handle or our Facebook page while we're live here today. We can be found on social media, on Twitter, at PSJH, and also on Facebook under Providence St. Joseph Health. And don't forget to use the hashtag Future of Health. That's hashtag Future of Health. And we'll be on the lookout for those throughout the show because we definitely want to hear from you guys. So let's start off first by welcoming everyone to the show. We're going to start off by welcoming Don Hernandez-Price to the show. Thank you so much for joining us, Don. We appreciate it. Thank you for having me. So tell me a little bit about your role at Providence St. Joseph. Yes, um, here at St. Jude Medical Center in Fullerton, I'm the executive director over maternal newborn services, which means I oversee um, our moms who are birthing, as well as our uh, postpartum care, our high-risk fetal diagnostic center, as well as our level three neonatal intensive care unit. So you basically are in charge of everything baby and mama. Absolutely. And it's what I love. (laughs) That's fantastic. How did you get into the field? Well, you know, um, as a child, I I really always wanted to be a nurse. You know, I I felt like it was my calling. Um, uh, As a new grad, I actually started off in a a pediatric unit and loved it. Uh, But I I had an opportunity to train uh, in a labor and delivery department and um, I felt like it was, again, my calling, and it was the minute I got there, it's new, I knew it was what I loved. Um, and as any nurse, you grow and you learn and you see the differences you can make in the work that you do. Um, and I just had opportunities. I had great mentors, and um, I was called to here at St. Jude, Providence St. Joseph Health, um, and I've been doing it for about 25 years, and I wouldn't do anything else. How many people, how big is your staff over there at St. Jude? Sure. So my report is about 180 staff. Um, I have two amazing managers, one who oversees everything pre-delivery, which includes uh, labor and delivery and fetal diagnostics, and then one of uh, a manager who oversees everything post-delivery, which includes uh, mother-baby care. We do couplet care, keeping our moms and babies together, as well as she oversees our Level 3 NICU. What kind of maternal services are offered by your team over there? Um, so like I said, the, the entire spectrum and continuum of care, uh, f- through the offices we have a partnership uh, from their very first um, visit uh, to their office and prenatal care to their physician. Uh, we go out from our organization and we do like an orientation, welcome to St. Jude, this is what your journey will look like with us. So from the very beginning, when you first find out uh, you're pregnant and your very first visit, uh, we are there. Uh, through that, uh, if, if it's in high-risk pregnancy, which we, we do see on occasion, we have our um, outpatient fetal diagnostic center, which is a very um, in-depth um, 
diagnostic area where they look at moms that are high risk, uh, higher level ultrasounds, making sure that we're caring for them and anticipating if they are going to have complications that we are ready and prepared for that. Um, we have our classes, uh, prenatal birth classes, uh, how, to, how to support each other. We, we include our fathers in that. So it's a partnership. Um, we have grandma and grandpa classes. We have sibling courses. So um, we do many things to prepare our community for the birth and welcome of their baby. Wow. And big on education there as well, because you kind of include the entire family. Absolutely. Um, delivering a baby is, is a moment that is cherished forever. So it is a, a family event. Um, and we care. We are basically a family-centered care, and our motto is our, ca- our family caring for your family, and that's truly what we do each and every day. It seems lately in the news you hear a lot about these different takes as far as is breastfeeding the best way to go, should you do the formula track, but it seems like you guys really stand behind the natural way, breastfeeding. <laughs> Breast milk is is made for human babies, um, and and so we we truly believe that it's the absolutely best nutrition. There's research and evidence-based studies out there showing the that long-term effects of formula versus breastfeeding. Um, definitely um, the method to go and and what we promote. And and every woman definitely has a choice, and we support what that choice is. Um, We are there for them um, no matter what their journey looks like. But we definitely want to make sure that we have the resources to give them that support that they need if that's what they choose. Mm -hmm. I've heard about kangaroo care. Explain to us what that is exactly. Yes, so kangaroo care, um, like everything in the NICU or to do with newborns, is a fun name to describe um, developmental care, which is a really important part of our, our newborns and moms bonding together. So kangaroo care is what we call skin to skin. And skin to skin is um, a natural way for the baby and mother and father to bond as well as it helps maintain temperatures in our newborns and our neonatal population, as well as it helps maintain blood sugar levels. So it's, it's not only um, a bonding and, a, and a, a way to bring the family unit closer together, but it's a medical way to help stabilize baby. Is that kind of a new development? Because I feel like I'm hearing about this rather recently about the skin-to-skin contact and how important that is, and not just for mothers after the baby is born, but also for fathers as well, so that the baby gets familiar with the scent and it incites bonding, as you mentioned. So is this sort of a, a new practice, or has this been going on for a while? Well, actually, kangaroo care has been around for, for several years. Um, again, research evidence-based practice that uh, has been in the hospitals, I'd say, for the last 10 years. But really, I would say we've, we've focused more on a family as a unit. So skin-to-skin originally was, you know, getting baby back close to mom, um, skin-to-skin with mom to promote breastfeeding. But then what we found is, we're not always including our fathers, and they're very important not only to support mom, but to be a part of that bonding as well. So I would say we've really just tried to bring the family unit to kangaroo care in the last few years. And it really, it really you could see those special bonds that dads um, create from the very beginnings, and it's, it's a very special thing to watch. Oh, there's nothing cuter than a man with a baby. Absolutely. Right? 
What is it about men with babies? It's ridiculous. Um, what is the biggest technology upgrade? You would say, I, I've, I know you were talking about all of the wonderful things you offer in the NICU. What have you gone through with PSJH when it comes to maternity care as far as the biggest upgrade? Right. So we have several um, from our NICU perspective. Um, we have we have our NICU view cameras, which I know Mary's going to go in much more detail about. Uh, but it keeps again um, moms babies bonded if they can't physically be here for whatever reason. If we have a father deployed or a family member um, in a different state, um, that te- technology has been instrumental in just keeping that family bond super close, even if they physically can't be together. Um, another uh, more recent technology that we've brought to St. Jude Medical Center is our um, wireless fetal monitoring. So what that means is historically when you come into a, a traditional hospital setting, we, we put you on monitors to, to track and monitor the heart rate and track and monitor your contraction patterns. But we, with the most latest technology, we actually um, have implemented, it's called wireless, so you can walk the halls. It's very much like, um, if you've ever been in a hospital, like a cardiac telemetry where you have the monitor kind of uh, attached to you, but um, you're not connected to any machines. So it frees up our moms to labor in positions that are maybe more comfortable for them, to be a little more active. I don't know if you've seen on the news, um, dancing, you know, patients or moms rocking and just being a little bit more mobile than, than historically um, they've been allowed to be in the hospital setting. So that is super exciting for our moms, and they look forward to that opportunity here at St. Jude. Yeah, that's incredible. I mean, and I would imagine that that even promotes more natural births if you're able as a as a mother to get through it in positions, as you said, that are more comfortable instead of being strapped down to a bed. Um, Tell us a little bit about the fetal diagnostic center that you mentioned earlier. Yes. So our fetal diagnostic center is a very specialized unit. We have perinatologists who uh, run that department. They are specialized in high-risk pregnancy. And we have a very uh, robust referral program where any mom who maybe is a a little... um, High, older in age, um, which, you know, they've had their careers and now they're having babies after they've set up their career and their lifestyle, um, they do have more risk factors. Um, maybe, maybe they're diabetic or maybe they have chronic hypertension, things that, that could put maybe mom and baby at risk through a pregnancy. We, we screen them early. We bring them over for very um, early, intense um, ultrasound so to make sure that baby's growing well and mom is doing well. So we do a very strict um, kind of monitoring program to ensure the best outcomes for those moms and babies that are high risk. And and if they do deliver early and, you know, no one ever really plans or anticipates that happening, we are able to keep them here because of our level three NICU and the services that we provide. So again, staying very, very family-centered and, and keeping that family unit together. Mm-hmm. Now that's wonderful that you provide that. Is there any story quickly that you could share with us, any personal story where you really felt like you found your calling as you told us earlier? Yes, I, I have I have a fun story about uh, my first few months here at St. Jude Medical Center. Um, as a labor nurse, you know, I, I am the, the director, but I still love 
jumping in and helping with deliveries. And we had a, a busy evening, and um, I was able to help uh, deliver and recover a set of twins. And they were early, um, and they um, had to be admitted to the NICU. And I really bonded with that family. She was a nurse. She was a nurse in one of our uh, sister ministries. Um, and she had such a wonderful experience here delivering her twins. Her twins were with us for a few weeks. She came to work with us and be one of our nurses. So it's a very special story because I was a part of that and bringing her here to be a part of our St. Jude family, but also um, seeing her most recently bring her twins to our NICU reunion was um, very special. So I had this really great bond with this family. And what is a NICU reunion? That sounds amazing. Yes, absolutely. So we, every other year, um, we invite all of our what we call NICU graduates um, to come back and visit us, and we put on this great, fun-themed experience where they get to see their doctors and nurses. Um, so most recently, we had a superhero-themed NICU where um, we gave all of our NICU graduates who came back to visit a, a cape with a, a great St. Jude bag, and they walked around meeting um, Batman and our Superman, Dr. Hicks, our neonatologist. Um, and we just really have fun, and we keep those ongoing bonds with our families in the community. We did have a set of twins that were 15 years old this year who decided they were going to come back and volunteer and help to support the, the newer, littler babies. So it's, it's very fun, and it's how we connect with our community here. Oh, that's absolutely adorable. <laughs> well, thank we you. We have the greatest pictures. Oh, I'm sure. We have I'm a little sure. Batman and Robin that we're just to die for. <laughs> that's amazing. I'm sure you guys have an entire wall full of great photos. Well, thank you so much, Don. We appreciate you taking the time and sharing your story with us. We're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, much more baby talk on the way from Dash Radio. Even when you're not alone 
Welcome back to Future of Health here on Dash Radio. We're talking about birthing services, and we're joined now by Mary Welch, Assistant Nurse Manager of the Neonatal Intensive Care Unit, also known as the NICU. Mary, thank you so much for joining us. You're welcome. My pleasure. So tell us a little bit about your role as the Assistant Nurse Manager of the NICU at Providence St. Joseph Health. Well, I, I tend to wear many hats in this position because our goal is really to support our nurse manager. Um, I function as the charge nurse on most days, and I ensure that the unit runs smoothly. I serve as a resource for the nurses. Um, basically, I put out fires throughout the day, meaning that I create solutions for problems that arise. Mm-hmm. And um, I also assist with timekeeping, scheduling, maintaining the nurses' certifications, license, licensures, and that sort of thing. When you hear the term NICU or the needle natal intensive care unit, you think usually preemies come to mind, but what other types of babies who were born there are transferred to the NICU? Who are you looking after? We're looking after um, pretty much all gestational ages. We've had as young as 23 weeks, and we take babies up until one month post, uh, post-delivery, so one month of age. Um, and we take care of premature babies, but we also take care of term babies who are born with other complications such as respiratory problems, um, blood glucose instability, hyperbilirubinemia, which is when the baby becomes jaundiced and needs to be under uh, phototherapy for a few days. So we take care of basically everything that walks in the door. Um, the only, on a level three, we are able to take care of all of those gestations that I mentioned. Um, However, if a baby needs complex surgery, then we do transfer the baby to a level four. That would be a regional center um, such as Children's, um, UCLA, or one of those facilities that's able to provide um, complex surgeries right there on site. What does that mean, level three NICU? What are the certain tiers, if you will? Uh, let me explain level two, and then level three will make a little bit more sense. Level two are babies that are at least 32 weeks or eight months of gestation and are basically pretty stable, um, do not need any kind of respiratory support. That's a level two. A level three, we can take below 32 weeks, any weight, and we are able to provide respiratory support, and we have on-site neonatologists, respiratory therapists, neonatal nurses, occupational therapists, physical therapists. So we have a a big ancillary department that supports the neonatal intensive care. And level four will be when they need complex surgeries. Mm -hmm. So we'll keep, we keep most of our babies. I would say we probably keep 98% of our babies in the NICU. I'm sure that you've seen a lot of change and a lot of innovation over the past 20 years, if you will, um, when it comes to the NICU, what sort of things have improved? What improvements, what sort of um, technological advances have you seen and changes in practice when it comes to the NICU? I have seen so many changes since I started. I I got my um, license in 1988, so we'll say in the late 1980s. 28 weekers, those would be babies that were born at seven months of gestation, were considered very early. Now, fast forward to 30 years, we're now taking babies and helping babies survive at 23 weeks. So there's been a huge gap um, in improvement. And one of the most significant changes that I've seen is the use of artificial surfactant. 
um, which we're able to give to the premature babies. As premature babies are born with little to no surfactant, so their lungs basically are not are not working effectively sustain, to sustain life. Mm-hmm. And we explain to our listeners what surfactant is, just so we can get the definition. Okay, surfactant is what's going to keep the lungs open. Um, so this medication that we give them, we give them uh, via the endotracheal tube, which is a little tube that we put in the baby's mouth that goes uh, into the trachea, then into the lungs. We put this medication in. It accelerates the um, the growth of the surfactant, if you will, and babies respond beautifully to this medication. And we are now having babies um, come off of the ventilator as soon as four or five days of life, whereas prior to the... Um, the implementation of this medication, babies were on ventilators for, for two, three months. So it's huge. And um, babies have very good outcomes. And prior to this usage, babies were on, the med- on ventilators for a long time. And being on a ventilator for a long time is very traumatic for the lungs. So then later in life, they have other issues as a result of that. Mm-hmm. And I want to just illustrate for our listeners what 23 weeks means, because if you're not a parent or if you've never been around someone who is 23 weeks, tell us right. in, in pounds, what are we talking about? What sort of, what can you compare it to a 23 week baby? A 23 weeker is essentially the size of a, a can of soda, if you will. Uh, tiny maybe 10 inches um, in length, maybe one pound, just around one pound of age, one pound of weight is what a 23-weeker is. Now, it's a very fine line between viability and non-viability because although technology is so wonderful and so advanced, we can't also defy Mother Nature. If the, the layout or the foundation is not there, we, we can't do heroic Measures so twenty three re- weeks really is the very lowest cutoff point mm-hmm. because they don't have that um, basic foundation for for further life. Um, of course, every day that that baby stays in is an advantage for that child. You know, twenty three and four days is wonderful. Twenty three weeks, four days is better than twenty three weeks. So every twenty four hours that that baby can remain inside is is better for that child. Mm-hmm. in the long-term picture. Yeah, I, I just wanted to illustrate that because it, it, that is a stunning statistic because basically it could fit in the palm of your hand. And, and just Absolutely. to imagine that is, is so hard to wrap your head around. Tell us about the NICU CAM. How does that work? The NICU CAM is a wonderful, wonderful invention that we started um, using, I want to say, about two and a half years ago. And what it is, it's basically a webcam that we put over the baby's isolate or incubator, or if a baby's in crib, that can also go over. And uh, we give the, the parent a password, a unique password for them, which they can choose to share with their family and friends. And they can log on to any computer, desktop, iPad, iPhone, any kind of computer device, and be able to see their baby at any time in real time. Um, there's no audio, but they will have a visual of the baby, and it's so beneficial for them um, because many parents can't be there 24-7, um, or sometimes we transfer a baby from another hospital and have to bring the baby to our hospital, and the mother remains at the original hospital. So that, can you imagine how emotionally 
draining that is for her. But then when she's able to at least see her baby, she has a connection and it gives her a little bit more peace of mind. Oh, absolutely. That's got to be so tough. What has been the feedback from doctors when it comes to having that technology available? Uh, We've been able also to use it. Um, The doctors have been very pleased. But in some cases, we have uh, issues going on with the baby. And we can put the camera right on the baby so that the doctor can see for himself what what we're talking about. So then that has been also an aid in um, not really diagnosing, but being able to see the baby at that moment. So that has been very good. But the customer service, I think, has been the, the most satisfying because the parents absolutely love it. Yeah, the parents. And what about the rest of the family? Can they click in and, and watch as well? Yes, the, the family can click in as well. In fact, um, when we started the program, we had a, a one patient who was from um, Bulgaria. She was here by herself with her husband, and she had a 24-weeker, I think. And she was able to give the password to all of her family, and they were able to log on and see their baby. Otherwise, they wouldn't see the baby until they came to visit, or if ever. We also had a a gentleman who was um, stationed in Iraq, and he was not present for the delivery of his baby. So he was able to log on all the way from Iraq and actually see his baby. So that was wonderful. Oh, that's amazing. Wow, that's that's life changing. I mean, to feel connected like that and to get a glimpse, um, to see the newest family member—that's incredible. It's really wonderful, and we can also, from our perspective, see who is on at that time. We can send them messages, um, personalize it a bit, uh, let them know your baby just did well. Your baby did a, a great job at taking this bottle feeding, or so it's a little bit more of a connection between the nurse and the parent as well which I'm sure would take out a lot of the anxiety of knowing that your child has been admitted into the NICU because if you have no updates, you don't know how they're doing and there's a lot of the fear of the unknown. But that's so wonderful that you can quell some of the worries that parents and families would have, um, understandably Absolutely. so. And is Absolutely, this- because um, nobody ever plans on a, a NICU um, visit. Many people have never even walked into a NICU or know that it exists. So that's never part of the plan for a parent. And they have to go through almost a a grieving process. So the emotional state that they're in and the level of anxiety is extremely high. So it's really important that we establish some kind of connection with the family so that we can ease their transition to having a baby in a NICU. Yeah. Well, I'm sure that provides a, a whole nother level of comfort is this program available at all Providence St. Joseph Health facilities? Um, it is not. It is in Alaska. They have it in Washington. I, I know that they have it at St. Jude, but not not every single Providence hospital yet. But we've had many people to our unit um, because they would like to start it at their program. But it is not at every single hospital yet. Mm-hmm. Now. I know that you have a personal connection with the NICU. You had two twin boys that were in the NICU. Would this program, how much of a difference would this have made for you at the time if you had that connection and that transparency? It would have been wonderful to have had at the time because I I did have two other boys. So trying to maintain my normal um, home home life while I visited the babies was a a bit of a balance. Um, So if I'd had that that technology, I could have seen the babies right there and also incorporated incorporated my older children 
to have seen them. It would have really reduced the anxiety and um, the guilt that I felt for not having, not being able to be there 24-7. So it would have been wonderful. Mm-hmm. They're, now, they're now 16, so it didn't exist at the time. <laughs> Babies no more. Is the technology yeah. that you're working with in the NICU, is that easy to keep going and to sustain and to update as well? Do you see other updates sort of coming down the pipeline? I do. Um, in, in terms of the NICU, they, they're constantly updating it to giving us um, the better graphics and ease of usability. So that, I see that already improving in just a few years, years that we've had it. That's incredible. Well, we appreciate all of the life-saving and life-altering work that you're doing over there at the NICU. Thank you so much for joining us, Mary. We appreciate it. You are so welcome. My pleasure. We're going to take a break. You're listening to Dash Radio. This is Future of Health. We'll be right back.
We're talking all things baby here on Dash Radio, and we're coming back with Future of Health here for Providence St. Joseph Health. And joining me now is Sue Jacobson, Executive Director of the Women and Infants Institute at Mission Hospital in Orange County, California. Thank you so much for joining us, Sue. We appreciate it. Oh, I am so excited to be joining you today. Thank you for having me. Of course. So tell us a little bit about your role at the Birth Center. So as the Executive Director of the Women and Infants Institute, I have the clinical, operational, and administrative and business strategy oversight of the Institute. There's actually four areas of the Institute that we focus on, which is the maternity and infant. Um, and that includes our outpatient perinatal diagnostic treatment center for high-risk moms, um, and then our birth center, which has our LDRP, our midwifery, surgical, and mother-baby suites, and all the programs involved um, within maternity and infant care. Then we also have our GYN services, and then our breast health prevention, which includes education and breast cancer care. And lastly, a 15,000-square-foot uh, women's wellness center, which has our childbirth classes, support groups, all of our uh, lactation services, our postpartum mood and anxiety services, massage, skin, aromatherapy. We also work with pelvic health and bone health and pretty much just, you know, all of the health issues today across a woman's lifespan. Wow. It sounds amazing. That sounds like a spa. It is, especially um, <laughs> we've created that spa-like environment, um, which is just so important to women today. You know, they're wanting that, that look and that feel. So we did that within our Women's Wellness Center, and we've actually just brought that to our birth center as well. We have aromatherapy and flameless candles, uh, salt lamps. Uh, we've got... Um, you know, rooms that are very supportive of a home-like environment and showers. We're bringing hydrotherapy in, and uh, we've got massage therapy that's available on the floor as well, sound bars that so they can play do their music and their playlist. So we, we just really have listened to the women, and we know that that's very important to women today, you know, both from a women's health perspective, if they're going through any kind of women's health issue, and most importantly to our new moms that are starting their families or enlarging their families. Wow, that's incredible. I mean, when you think about it, labor and delivery is so intense and such a personal experience, but anything you can do to make it feel more homey or more inviting and just sort of easier on not only the mother but the families and and the partners as well, I mean, that's that's pretty fantastic. Do you see that as a new trend in in childbirthing and and in women's services? I do. Um, You know, many, many years ago, women had stopped the natural physiological birth, and then that just took a backseat, and labor and birth became more medically managed. And I really feel that the women today are revisiting that. It's very important for them to be in tune to their own bodies and to experience that labor. That's what we're hearing that they're wanting. You know, they're wanting the support. Uh, They want to be looking at other options as opposed to a medical option to uh, help them with pain relief. And certainly we know that if we can help them to embrace that, we can provide the support and that home-like environment. We can definitely reduce anxiety, and that's a pain reliever in itself. 
And that just produces, you know, a, a better outcome for everybody uh, and just most definitely a more you know, enjoyable, memorable experience. But on the other hand, you know, the beautiful thing today, too, is having a birth within a hospital is not only do, you know, we and others um, throughout Providence are supporting birth preferences for moms from natural physiological birth. So we have all of the necessary and other pain relieving options too. So really a woman can kind of menu up what she wants today for mm-hmm. her birth experience. And that, that's just important because it is the most special moment I believe that a woman ever, ever goes through in her life. And she will remember that memory for the rest of her life as well as her family. So I just think it's very important that we're in tune to that. And one of the options on your menu is the midwifery program. So can you tell us about the private midwifery suites as well as the program that you offer? What is that like? Oh, I am so excited to share that. Uh, We uh, really, again, listen to the women in our community. We perform focus groups, and we also look at trends. And there's definitely a national trend, and even in California, Uh, And we see that through research that women are wanting uh, more, again, home-like birth. uh, And they are wanting and choosing certified nurse midwives to attend their labor and their birth. So with that, we went out and we developed a midwifery program. And so we have opened up a separate section, but it's still within our birth center by our labor and delivery suites and all of the necessary you know, emergency um, equipment and staff that would be needed, but we have crafted a very private area that's beautifully designed. It's very comfortable, soft colors. There's no medical equipment in the room. It has a queen-sized bed. Uh, we've got the sound bars again. We've got the shower. We've got the hydrotherapy tubs. Uh, we've got aromatherapy going, and just just that whole support for the family to be there and for those women that would choose either a birth in their own home or going to a free-standing birth center. But instead, they're choosing to come to the hospital, have that exact same experience, but within the safety net of a hospital. And what we're really proud to say is that we have certified nurse midwives. So they are privileged through our med staff office, just like any of our practicing physicians. And these are nurses that have advanced clinical training and advanced um, degrees as well. So uh, that just, you know, adds a whole important layer mm-hmm. of, of support and comfort and clinical expertise for those moms to have that experience and be successful with that experience as well. Sure. We've just we've had just such awesome experiences in there. We opened our units on uh, the twenty fifth of July and currently and it's we've had like about fifteen deliveries in there. We're anticipating a lot, lot more, but we're just getting started and the experiences and to listen to these women's stories are incredible and I just I just want to um, let our listeners know if you could define for us what is the difference between a midwife and a doula okay so a midwife is uh, again a clinical licensed practitioner and 
the midwife is able to not just support through labor, but she's medically managed that, managing that labor as well, and then she actually can perform the delivery. So a certified nurse midwife can take the place of an obstetrician. So for those women that are wanting that experience and they want a midwife to attend versus an obstetrician, this is the option. Now, doulas are also incredibly important, and they really go hand-in-hand and work so closely with the midwife. So a doula is a professionally trained individual in childbirth education, and they're the one that is providing the emotional, physical, and educational support during that labor. So they will help with things such as breathing, laboring positions, relaxation techniques, you know, anything that really kind of helps the mom to move through her labor. Mm-hmm. And um, we're going to be launching actually within the next 30 to 60 days our um, own volunteer doula program. So we will actually have doulas available for all our patients, whether they're in the midwifery suites or the labor and delivery suites, we'll have them 24-7 available for our moms. And so they're there to help support the woman with those techniques where the midwife is there, you know, managing and ensuring that her labor is progressing, the infant is still stable, the mom's, you know, doing well and monitoring the health and, you know, wellness of both mom and baby. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, there for the delivery. When you hear the term baby moon, a vacation comes to mind of the mother and father or the partners going on a trip and enjoying each other before the birth of the baby. But for you guys, baby moon means something completely different. Can you define it for us? Yes. So for us, baby moon is a special time for not only now the mom and the partner and the baby within the mom during the pregnancy, but now with the birth of the baby, we're creating a similar experience where the three of them are together and having a very, very special experience in time. And we call that a sacred hour. So right after the baby's born, the baby will go skin to skin to mom. And uh, we encourage then the three of them just to be together and at least that last one hour or into the first breastfeeding, which could even be up to two hours. And the nursing staff really um, honors that time and they will only very quietly come in, you know, to check mom, of course, and baby and if something is needed. But we honor that time for them to be alone. We do not have their family or anybody come in. Uh, We educate everybody about that, that this is the couple's baby moon time. They have had this baby that they've developed together, and it's just a really special bonding time for them. And it helps, too, uh, for the mom as she's transitioned from having her baby with her inside for the 40 weeks or less. And then now, you know, she's gone through this incredible birth experience. She's birthed this baby And now they can just all, you know, be a family and just start their bonding and just have that special time. It's incredible. It helps them physiologically with uh, transition as well, even for a baby on on a healthy standpoint. Mm -hmm. And tell us about your secure online nursery program. How does that work? So that is really um, incredible and awesome because 
at Mission Hospital, one of the things that we're extremely proud of and one of the things that sets us apart is that we have Children's Hospital at Mission. And it's a level three nursery, um, NICU. And so, therefore, um, you know, babies, they don't have to be transferred out of the hospital. So if mom has a situation where her baby needs to go to a NICU, the baby is still at Mission Hospital. So we only would have to transfer a baby for some highly unique critical cardiac surgery. Otherwise, everything can be managed right there where the mom is. So that's very special for mom. But then we also know that... um, you know, moms then discharge and they go home. We have grandparents that can't get into the NICU and they really, really want to see that baby. Or we've even had families that unexpectedly have been, you know, because they've been visiting Orange County and unexpectedly they have a baby and now, you know, they may need to leave or they want, you know, somebody else from another family from another state to be able to see the baby. So we have what we call NICU which is a webcam system that connects our parents and whomever they would like the parents have chosen to connect with. They can give a password, and uh, they can use any mobile device. It's really easy to use with any major Internet browser. And there's a camera at each of the beds in the neonatal care unit. And so um, we were actually the first in California to offer this, so we're really proud of that. But it's real-time live video of their infant, and they can access it remotely and from anywhere, and they can look at their baby. So it's, it's incredible. It really decreases anxiety. And something that's really special, too, is our moms, because we know how important breast milk is, particularly for those infants in the NICU. And we know, too, that moms are anxious. They're away from their babies. They're pumping. Sometimes it's really hard for them to get a letdown and get the milk. But if they can log on and they can watch their baby, we can see incredible uh, releases of hormones. um, And the milk will start to come, and they get much better results of pumping with this camera. So it's very special. Military families can take advantage of it. So it's a wonderful, amazing technology. Oh, that's fantastic. And I'm sure it adds a whole nother level of comfort for everyone involved. Well, we're going to take a quick break. But when we come back, we're going to be talking much more baby here on Dash Radio.
Welcome back to Future of Health. We are talking about birthing services offered with Providence St. Joseph Health, and we are on the line with Sue Jacobson. We're going to continue our conversation. Sue, thank you again for joining us and for staying with us. Now, I've also heard that you have massage therapy and skincare therapy for delivering mothers. Please share more about that. What is going on with that? Okay, we do. In fact, uh, we started um, 10 years ago with this. Uh, When we opened up our Women's Wellness Center, we contracted with um, clinically advanced certified uh, prenatal and postpartum massage aromatherapist and skin therapist. So we actually at our Women's Wellness Center offer a full complement of services ranging from the pregnancy massage as well as a postpartum massage. And we even do infant massages and teach parents infant massage. And then we most recently brought the uh, massage therapy and aromatherapy into our uh, birth center, which is really exciting. So the aromatherapy is available to all our moms in all of our suites where they would deliver. Uh, We can even use it postpartum. And then if a mom is on bed rest or she is laboring or even has had her baby and she would like a massage, uh, then we order up one of these clinically certified therapists to come in and perform that in the comfort of her either labor room or her um, postpartum room. So it's really exciting. And uh, basically what really sets us apart from your typical uh, pregnancy and postpartum is the education because all of our therapists have advanced certifications. Uh, We also have a clinical aromatherapist on staff that helps us with uh, more or less customizing and personalizing because essential oils um, are different for everybody. Um, And we know that we also um, work with our moms with postpartum mood and anxiety disorder, and we use aromatherapy for them. All of our therapists have over 25 years' experience. Uh, and um, they can relieve the back pain and leg cramps and pelvic pressure and really help, you know, women, you know, have more comfort through their pregnancy, especially in that last trimester when they're getting so many pressures up, down, and in the back and so forth. So um, we're just really excited about that, to be able to offer that. And I think, too, what really sets us apart is all our therapists, the passion that they have. They have such passion for pregnant moms and for babies and wanting to bring comfort and joy into their both birth and postpartum experience. Yeah, it sounds like you've thought of everything. Honestly, I mean, it sounds like you have just thought of so much when it comes to the optimal comfort of labor and delivery. I mean, that's absolutely incredible. And I know that you also have a women's wellness center boutique. So tell me about that and how do people use it? Our Women's Wellness um, Solutions Boutique is in the um, Women's Wellness Center. And so it's in an outpatient area, but it's really a close proximity to the hospital. And uh, we offer a variety of services in there. It's it's very uh, special because we do uh, take care of moms, you know, across the life spectrum. But for new moms, since we're talking babies, we have a good range of products for them, you know, from um, breastfeeding support products, from pumps and supplies, uh, herbals. We also have the aromatherapy, um, and we've got support candles, salt lamps, feel-good products, you know, jewelry, uh, 
a lot of educational books. And what's really um, very special and unique as well is that the staff member that um, is in the boutique and welcoming, she's got over 20 years' experience um, working with new moms, and she has certifications as well. So when they're coming in to look for products, uh, it's not just like going online. I know everybody likes to do that and buy things from Amazon, but they can actually come (laughs) and see see the expert, (laughs) you know, of somebody that can really help them know how to use that product and to get the best results. And our lactation consultants work right out of that area and as well as our massage therapists and skin therapists and aromatherapists. So they're easy access too, which makes it really nice when a mom's coming or any woman, you know, is coming to visit. Another uh, very special thing about our Valiant Women's Solutions Boutique is that we care for women that are going through uh, cancer and cancer treatment. And so we've really married, you know, all of the aspects of, you know, women, you know, coming together. So we do lymph sleeve fittings, we do the headwear and have a full complement of skincare products, aromatherapy and massage as well to help get them through their cancer treatment. And it's very unique uh, in bringing, you know, young women and then women going through cancer care, but we know that across the life spectrum and span, we all know somebody, whether it's our mom that's coming with us, you know, while we're having a child, and then maybe our mom is going through cancer, or we've got young women that are going through cancer, too. So this way, they can feel very safe. um, And it's very private. uh, And they can receive the education and the support as they're making product choices. Yeah, no, that's wonderful that you're offering such a well curated collection, along with the education that goes with the items. Now, you had a chance to work with television personality Jessica Hall when she happened to be pregnant with her second child, and she met with Dr. Nicole Washick, an OBGYN at Providence Holy Cross Medical Center, to ask real, and I'm talking real, questions that real women want to know before giving birth. So we're going to hear a clip from that interview. Let's hear what she had to say. So how far do I have to be dilated to get an epidural? You said pain management, so that's the first thing I think of. That is ultimately, I would say, up to your physician. Um, You know, I would say for myself, I tell patients that if you're able to sit up and get it, then to me that's, I mean, you can get it till the very end because everybody labors differently, and even if you're 10 centimeters, that doesn't mean you're delivering right now. So if it gives you a few extra hours of comfort, then to me, if you're able to sit up for it, you can have it. Okay, but it does wear off, though, if you get it too early on. No, is that true? No, that's, that's a constant. It's a it is. It is. It's a constant infusion. So there is um, a, a catheter-type device or tubing in your back, if you will, that gives a constant infusion. So unless it's removed or turned off, you will continue to get the medication. Mm-hmm. Good to know. Coming from the doctor. <laughs> okay, okay. Do you guys have certain policies for if, if I wanted to give birth in a certain position? Or is it just what's safe for the child or myself? How does that work? I would say it's mainly based on, you know, the status of the baby and the status of the mom at the time. When you're in the early part of labor or if you don't have an epidural, if walking around feels comfortable to you, we allow that. Um, as long as baby looks good on the monitor and you're doing well prior to getting up and going to walk. Um, same thing, I would say position of delivery is really going to be up to your physician and what their comfort level is. So we heard her ask questions like, how far dilated do I have to be to get an epidural? And what if I want to give birth in a certain position? And are there rules on how many people can be in the room with me? So 
I have to ask you, Sue Jacobson, are those pretty common questions that you get? And how do you calm mothers who are getting nervous as the delivery gets closer? Because that's a very real thing. It's a very, very real thing. And I think, again, as you get closer and closer, you know, that anxiety, especially if you haven't been through the experience before, just really rises. One of the things that we do, again, is, you know, education is power. So if we can connect with the women before they come in and give some personalized touch and answer their own personal questions and concerns, we can help alleviate a lot of that. And then again, the having the knowledge is the power and it really helps them then get through their experience more comfortably and with less anxiety for sure. Not that we can take, totally always take anxiety away. We have a perinatal nurse navigator which is a unique position, and she connects with all of our moms prior to coming to the hospital. And that's her job is she's to help them navigate and feel comfortable and get through their experience um, the best, you know, that they can and come, you know, so women just really love that. And again, they can get the answers to their questions. When she was talking about like how far dilated and birth positions, mm-hmm. uh, that can be, you know, uh, it's really individual. So moms can um, have epidurals really at, at any point. We just, moms can come in for an induction, let's say, and, you know, the medication that they're receiving can start to uh cause some really strong contractions and she may not be that far dilated but enough where she's doing some dilation you know even at three centimeters and she's uncomfortable you know then the epidural can be there for her and it can also women can work through natural physiological labor and at the very end you know be asking for an epidural and that's okay too women birth today in all kinds of positions so again uh we just keep an eye on mom, and as long as mom and baby are doing good, you know, we have moms using peanut balls in labor, birth balls. I mean, we've had moms, in, especially in our birth center, midwifery suites, where they're squatting and delivering. So different positions for sure. Whatever is going to work best to provide comfort for mom mm-hmm. and produce results in getting that baby delivered. Of course, a safe delivery. Sue, thank you so much for joining us and thank you for all of this wonderful information. If the listeners would like any more information on the birthing services provided by Providence St. Joseph Health, you can always go to future.psjhealth.org. And of course, you can always reach us on social media at PSJH. So I want to thank all of our wonderful guests today, Dawn, Mary, and Sue, of course, for joining us and everybody for listening. We always appreciate that. And we look forward to a future topic with more experts from Providence St. Joseph Health. And make sure to follow us, Providence St. Joseph Health, on social media at PSJH on Twitter and Instagram and Providence St. Joseph Health on Facebook. And if you missed any part of the show, you can always replay it on Dash Radio and share it with your friends. I'm Julie Alexandria. Thanks so much for listening.